0: You're listening to Feed Play Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Most mums know that at six weeks, they will go for a checkup with either their midwife, GP, or obstetrician. But not everyone knows how important. And beneficial it is to get a six-week checkup with a women's physio. Liz Evans is a women's physiotherapist at Women in Focus Physiotherapy, and she's trying to change the way we think about our six-week checkup. Liz, welcome to Feed Play Love.
1: Thank you, Siobhan. A pleasure to be here.
0: What's the key difference between the checkup a woman will have with their midwife, GP? OB, and the six-week checkup they would have with you?
1: Yeah, it's, I'm so glad you've asked that because I think that that is a place that the public get really confused about and um, historically – the six-week check, you know, it's, it's always kind of been almost seen as the holy grail. You know, I can life is going to change once I have <laughs> my six-week check. And historically, you know, whether, depending on the, the 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 mode of birth and the, the type of care the woman has had through her pregnancy, so whether she's gone completely private, that would be that six-week check would be with an obstetrician, whether she's gone through the public system completely that would often be with the midwife or if she's done like a shared care type program where it's half with the midwife half with the gp it's often with the gp so this check happens with one of those three people as kind of the routine check that's um a part of you know standardized routine care um and in that check my god i feel for the midwife the obstetrician and the gp because what they have to cover in that appointment is huge They have to cover everything from a mental check on the woman, a well-being check. They need to check kind of how mum and baby are bonding, ask questions about feeding, do a bit of a check on how the baby is. They need to essentially talk about family planning. So in terms of contraception. They need to, if they have had some stitches, so, you know, whether it's a caesarean or whether it's been an episiotomy or a perineal tear, they need to check those stitches. Um, And so I've kind of just listed off seven things before we even think about actually how the woman's body is feeling, but we now know so much more about the healing of the postnatal body, what actually happens during pregnancy to the pelvic floor, what happens to the abdominal wall, what happens in birth to the pelvis, the pelvic floor. And then in that postnatal period, we've got so much more information now about those changes that have occurred in birth as well through 4D um, ultrasound and MRI and whatnot, and how much of an impact that can have on the woman's body in the longer term. And so that's where I guess us pelvic health physios um, really come into play, where our, the whole reason for that appointment is that, of course, we care about the well being kind of of the mother and we care a little bit about the baby, but we are so focused on that woman's body. And we are the only one that would actually sit there and, you know, all, all those six week checks with most physios would be kind of, you know, around about an hour. We are purely focusing on the female's pelvic floor, her musculoskeletal system, her abdominal wall, and then really trying to help her understand her body. And then give her kind of a nice clear pathway as to how for her individual body, what she's been through, she can kind of start to rehab the body um, and actually really take an early intervention approach as opposed to waiting till the 12 months postnatal and then kind of returning to her netball side and then realising that, oh, my God, I'm leaking. I've got this heaviness in my vagina. I'm so much weaker. Why didn't anybody tell me that I should have actually been having this checked? Because now I've got a prolapse.
0: So you mentioned their prolapse. Is that one of the most common injuries you see post birth?
1: Yes, definitely. So so the stats that are that are quoted kind of most commonly is fifty percent of women following a vaginal delivery will have some degree of prolapse. Now, I'm going to explain that in a bit more detail because that's based on a classification system that talks about even a very, very mild movement of the walls. Being coined as prolapse. Mm-hmm. Whereas we now have a much better understanding of the fact that a bit of movement of those walls is actually normal and actually happens in women that haven't even had babies. You know, the vagina is not meant to be this concrete canal, but I think historically there hasn't been enough thought given to actually what is normal. And so when we take away that, then kind of probably brings it down to about kind of 20 to 30% of women have a prolapse following a vaginal delivery. Which is significant, and we're talking to various degrees. And so, you know, a prolapse is, you know, we, we've got anything from what we call stage one, where it's very, very mild, to stage two, which is still mild, a bit more moderate. Stage three would be where the organ is actually kind of descending to the very entrance of the vagina. So then, a stage four is where the organ is actually descending completely out, which is completely traumatic and overwhelming for women when that happens, and. Fortunately, that is the minority of cases. The majority of women, you know, would be sitting in that kind of stage one and two level, and that's certainly when we want to grab them because we know from the research that stage one and two prolapses respond really,
0: really well to physio. So women know more now about pelvic floor physios and and women physios, but I had heard that there is an incredible amount of women who have lived their entire lives without um, addressing these kind of pelvic floor issues. And I'm wondering if, if you have seen the impact of that lack of care in um, older generations. So we're encouraging women to come in early and fix any problems now. But do you see women who have kind of suffered through these sorts of injuries their whole lives without checking them out?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. So my first exposure to that, so I've kind of worked in public hospitals for kind of 12 years of my career as well. And me in my early, early, early phases as a, as a physio, not actually even doing women's health yet, I remember being kind of working on the geriatric wards mm. and I remember, you know, I remember this distinct patient and she really sends that in my mind and she wouldn't come on her walks with me. And so, you know, part of she was in there for pneumonia and part of caring for someone with pneumonia is that you need to get them moving to get their chest kind of going. So she had a really horrible chest, a whole lot of secretions in her chest, and the best way to get that up is by mobility and exercise. But she refused to walk because basically she I remember her saying, no, love, when I walk, particularly when I have a cough, my vagina falls out. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, you know, a, a, I would have been, you know, the ripe old age of kind of 22 and ha- was completely mortified by this kind of idea <laughs> and didn't I thought she I didn't really understand and, and then she proceeded to show me
0: oh wow <laughs>
1: and, and I wonder if that is where my women's health journey started <laughs> but essentially you know she kind of explained to me that she's had this you know she'd had several children herself she had a very physical kind of job but basically because she's kind of her vagina falls out, she doesn't exercise anymore, she doesn't even leave her house oh. um, because of this. And so that's, I guess, just kind of
0: shows you in one
1: individual the impacts
0: that it can have. We're talking here about the six week checkup. Is there anything that women can do either before pregnancy or during pregnancy that can make the experience afterwards a little bit better?
1: Absolutely. So we know from the research that women that do their pelvic floor exercises through pregnancy in a supervised way, and when I say supervised, I mean, have your, your pelvic floor checked to know that you actually know how to activate your pelvic floor the right way, because we know that a lot of women out there are squeezing their pelvic floors, but they're actually squeezing them the wrong way, they're pushing them down. Mm. not lifting them up. So first first step would be to actually get that kind of check with a pelvic floor physio that's going to ensure that if you're going to put the effort into doing pelvic floors at least do them right. But we know that if you do your pelvic floor exercises in a supervised structured way throughout your pregnancy that you have a 50% less chance of being incontinent after you have your baby. Wow. And so that's huge and you know I just wish that I could shout that at the Australian government because They spend so much money on the other side on in older life, in incontinence pads, in I think the second reason people are admitted to residential care, so nursing homes and dependency is because of incontinence. So ideally I'd love women to kind of see a women's health physio around that 20-week mark for a pelvic floor check so we can kind of really teach you how to use your pelvic floor the right way.
0: Mm. Then
1: I love to get my women, so I do a bit of a bump to kind of bump to birth recovery program with women where you know, even if they've got no issues, we see them at around that 20 week mark for a pelvic floor teaching session. And then we see them at around 34 weeks to actually then start to change the way you're using your pelvic floor because in birth, we need the pelvic floor not to squeeze and lift and tighten like we've been teaching it to do. We need it to do the complete opposite. You know, In birth, we need it to open, soften, lengthen, release. And if we haven't trained it to do that, and if all we've been doing is squeezing and holding our pelvic floors tight, then we can't expect it to get to birth and actually open and release in a way that it should. And so what we're doing a lot at that 34 week mark on is we're doing work with women to start to down train the pelvic floor. So teach it how to kind of open. We might do some physical release work with them where we're actually in a vaginal exam situation but we're kind of working with the woman with her breathing visuals of lengthening the pelvic floor doing some release just like if you had a tight neck and it was all a bit tight you go you might be lucky enough to go and get a massage (laughs)
0: um
1: and you know get all those trigger points released and so that's what we're doing with women these days in private practice where we're then helping to find the trigger points in a woman's pelvic floor help her to release those and identify them and then would do some work with her on how to push during birth and push in a way that allows you to generate force from your abdomen onto your uterus but keeps your vagina and your pelvic floor nice and open and relaxed and you hear from a lot of midwives and and obstetricians that the woman gets to birth and often you know particularly women that have done a lot of exercise that are strong they're pushing with all their might but the bub head is really struggling to get out And it's because the way that she knows how to push is what we see in the movies, which is grit your teeth, push and scream. And when you do that, if you do that yourself, I won't do it because we're on a podcast. You don't want to hear me scream. (laughs) But, you know, what actually happens is your pelvic floor tightens. So you tense your tummy and your pelvic floor tightens at the same time. That's how they work. And so we then teach women instead of pushing that way to actually learn to push from their Diaphragm and their upper abdominals, and keep that bottom half—you know where the pelvic floor is—to keep it open. And when we push, where we're more open in our pelvic floor, where I don't have data on this, I certainly have clinical experience and theory. But the theory is that we've got much less like, likely to have chance of perineal tears, of severe anal sphincter tears, of having something called an evulsion, where the pelvic floor muscle. Um, gets actually torn a bit off the pubic bone.
0: How do you find a physiotherapist, a women's health physiotherapist that specialises in all these things?
1: There's women's health physios in the public sector. And so I always like to start with that because I really would love the Australian government to get to a point where women have access to this kind of completely funded by Medicare. Now, depending if you are at a kind of in the public sector, so public hospitals that are maternity based, we usually have some physios there that are doing this. But the way that it's funded is it's only you can only see physios for pelvic health reasons if you have a problem. So it's more if you are in pregnancy and you are experiencing incontinence or if you are postnatal and you have got a prolapse or you have got incontinence, you can go to the public hospital. So that's a really great first step. If you don't have symptoms and you're essentially wanting to do what I'm talking about in terms of being really proactive with your care, so, you know, having those kind of checks in pregnancy or having a six-week check, unfortunately that's not covered um, in the public system and so that's where that's where you've got private physios like myself all over the country completely passionate and obsessed what we with what we do um, and so probably the first step would be to go to the apa australian physiotherapy association website they have a section on there called find a physio and so that's a great search website where you can kind of find that other places would be the continents foundation of australia have women's health physios listed on there as well so they would probably be the two points in terms of major search engines but another great tool that I know a lot of women use is is to kind of ask, ask around, ask friends, type in mums style Facebook groups that are in your area. Hey, has anybody seen a pelvic floor physio? Who do you recommend? Because mums are incredible at sharing information and you know love to help each other out when it comes to this type of
0: stuff. Definitely. Well, Liz, thank you so much for your time today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me and thank you for you know
1: helping to to kind of share this message and hopefully, you know, one year at a time we get more and more women having these checks and that means that later on in life we're less likely to have women that are incontinence or have prolapse or have had to stop moving for issues that could have
0: been prevented. Absolutely. That's Liz Evans. She's a women's physiotherapist at Women in Focus Physiotherapy and you'll find links to her website and also to a program called Empowered Motherhood. It's actually an app that takes you from pregnancy Through birth and beyond, it's all about empowering you with education and exercise. So if you'd like to find out anything more, head to the notes in this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.